Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are back to give you your news Notes, bets, picks, and predictions for everything you need to know in the combat sports world and the mixed martial arts world and everything you need to know in life, guys. I'll give you life lessons if you stick around long enough and you let me. But my name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, we had a week off from, you know, a couple weeks off, I think, from the uh, podcast. We, I don't think either one of us really checked in too much on that uh, UFC card last week. We were all I had, still have it. Yeah, we still have some stuff going on. I have so. not sat down and watched every fight, which I will, honestly, because that's just the psychopath that I am. I can't miss any sort of research. But, I mean, Bobby Green put Grant Dawson to sleep right away. I'm glad we didn't have a pot. I probably lost money. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, you know what would have uh, went down. I'm probably going to finish it up or start it and finish it up after this week's card on Saturday um, just to, you know, keep the fights going. I think this one starts at four also. Last week started Four is also, it's always a weird time because by the time I get home at like 7, 10, 20, I'm like, you know, a little bit into the main card, but, but I, you know, I want to, I always want to like watch the main card from the beginning. So when I'm a little bit into it, I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to go back and watch the one or two fights I missed. And then I also miss the prelims and I'm just catching up on the rest of the main card. And then, you know, it, it kind of throws me off, but it, it is what it is. I actually do like this um, main card. I don't love it, but um, I think, you it's know, another bad card, man. Yeah, it's not a bad it's card. It's not but at horrible. Least, I, you're, I agree, but it's just like... This where, main card, besides the co-main, has some pretty compelling events. Yanez and Martinez, Michelle Pereira moving up, Cameron Simon taking on a tough test in C-Rod. Like, it's a pretty good main card, and the prelims end with, you know, Darren Elkins, TJ Brown. Who knows what's going to happen in that fight? Um, can I ask you a question? Why, yes. why do they insist on putting, like, a Jennifer Maya and Viviana Rujo fight in the middle of this, like... I get they Good want fun. like women to be represented on this card, but you could make a better fight. It's not. It's not even really about it being women. It's more about the fight is an absolute dog shit fight that nobody. Yeah, it'll be like thirty seven. Yeah, so, exactly. Nobody will care about either one. So it's like, well, I don't understand why we're doing this. But just we're a filler, it. just a coming filler. You know, I don't know. I, I couldn't. I, you, we'd have to ask Hunter Campbell or uh, Mick Maynard. Well, Hunter, we got. We'll talk about Hunter Campbell in a little bit, but uh, we also have some uh, news. You know, including Mr. Hunter Campbell. But first, we got to talk about Charles Oliveira is out of his fight. <clears throat> excuse me, next weekend against Islam Makachev, the uh, fight card that was supposed to be, I believe, is that two ninety four or five? Four, yeah, two ninety four. Okay, I lose track of uh, the the numbers, but uh, two ninety four. It was supposed to be Islam Makachev defending his UFC lightweight title against Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira. I believe suffered a pretty nasty cut right above his eyebrow in uh, in training, yep. and I think they were saying that he could have been able to fight with this if he had called the UFC or had kind of been smarter about this. But yeah, you can't be shocked by this because it just seems like a very Charles Oliveira thing to do to get hurt. That's what the Brazilians do. They just they just try to kill each other. It's like, oh, you know, I have to pull out a fight. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, and, and we let's, all let's lose. save that for the fight. Yeah, we all lose, including him. Including uh, Islam, but yeah, you know, the good thing is there's always a guy that can be called up to make things right. You know, Matus Gamrot was named the backup fighter for this fight, 
and he gets completely passed over because everybody knows <laughs> nobody really wants to see him fight for the title, and yeah. we kind of know hey, how that would go. <laughs> he's still the backup fighter, though, so if this one falls through, then he... Then so he steps in. Technically, he is the triple backup fighter for this card, <laughs> and uh, it's gonna be—he's gonna be replaced by Alex Alexander the Great Volkanovski. He's gonna step in there again. Uh, Alexander the Great Hernandez—that <laughs> would be wild. Uh, but now Al- Volkanovski's getting in there on less than two weeks' notice, pretty much, to kind of save this card. And he was supposed to fight in January, but he's moving his fight up three week, three months. And uh, you know, he's poor just, Ilya Sporia, huh? Yeah, well, you know, he he's still planning on fighting him, which is insane. But uh, cool. yeah, I don't think that's, that's going to happen. That's going to be uh, bad news. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, and he's just coming off surgery. I, I really don't like this for Volkanovski. I wish somebody would have been like, "Hey, you know, I don't think we should do this. You know, let's let's wait for our right opportunity to get that fight back because we were, it was a very close fight the first time. But you're asking a lot of someone to go in there on short notice like this when you're not really in shape to fight a guy like Islam Makachev and for this thing to go well. So I, I don't really feel good about it from a tactical standpoint, but I guess from just a fight fan uh, aspect, it's, you know, it's great. We have another, you know, we, we got a, a, ba- a banger that replaced a potential banger that we were supposed to have. Maybe even better, especially with the Paulo, the Paulo fight. Like, I don't know. I'm just not, I've never been the biggest Paulo Costa guy. You know, he yeah. talks shit on Twitter. He's funny. He's a big boy, but, you know, he doesn't show up to fights prepared. He fights with injuries. He gets injured all the time. He makes all these excuses. He just goes on Twitter. He's the funny uh, Brazilian guy who can speak a little English. I, I just think, you know. It's corny. It's not like he, it's not like he you know, walked into the UFC and was, uh, you know, prime, or, or I should say pre-USADA Hector Lombard, where he was just, you know, putting people in body bags and, and throwing them in the ocean, like, you know, I had a, I had a big play on him inside the distance against Luke Rockhold, and when he couldn't get that done, I was like, bro. After the end of the first round, Luke Rockhold had his hands on his knees, begging for you to finish him. Like, just you know, not the biggest fan. So the fact that he's not in this fight, I thought Shamayev was going to absolutely dust him, absolutely dust him. And now he's getting Kamar Usman, and I think he's going to do the same thing. Honestly, I think he's going to completely dust Kamar Usman. Um, I don't know if you disagree. I don't think you do. Um, it's it's definitely a different test. It's definitely interesting. Like a lot of people I know are kind of poo pooing it because uh, Usman's thirty six and you know this and that. But I'm kind of excited for it. I think Usman provides a much different test. You know, he's a tough guy. He hits hard. Uh, he doesn't have the best striking, obviously. And uh, his striking defense and um, durability are two things I could see um, weakening in his uh, age. Now he's thirty six. Like I said, uh, turns thirty seven in May. Uh, usually, that's thirty-five is the uh, is the cutoff for you know fighters in their prime, especially if they they want to fight at the very top. And Chimaev is the top. I'm pretty sure he's getting a title shot, uh, you know, with a win here. I would I would, I would assume. So, yeah, I I just, I just think he he could probably take Usman down. I know that might sound crazy, but uh, he's so strong, and I know they're both big guys for one seventy. But uh, Usman cut to one seventy and made one seventy. Chimaev, you know, is weighing in at one seventy seven. So. I just think he's going to be naturally bigger, longer, more explosive, more powerful, way, way quicker. Um, he can get in firefights too, so he's going to watch. You know, Usman has a nice has a nice right hand. He put Masvidal asleep, so um, I, I just think he's going to take care of him easy. Yeah, I think the what intrigued me about this fight before uh, with Costa was the fact that Costa is such a large human, and I was going to see how Hamza going up in weight was going to deal with a guy that's 
probably it was going to be bigger than him in, in just physicality. Uh, with Usman now going up, also with him, it doesn't. I don't really have that same excitement in this. I still like Chamayev is the younger guy. He is just kind of on the upswing, while Usman is. You know, you could argue this, but I mean, uh, my opinion, he's definitely on the downswing. And, uh, you know, his, he's talked about how his knees have like really, you know, kind of gave out on him. Like, you know, he doesn't, he can't run. He can't do the training that he used to be able to. And now on short notice, he's supposed to step in and fight Hamza Chemaev at 185 pounds. Now, like you said, I think the only way Usman were to win this fight is if Chemaev, uh, you know, like, well, I guess I am curious to see how the wrestling goes down. I think Usman's going to gas out. That That's yeah. my personal opinion. I don't think... I haven't seen Usman really push the pace in, in, in a little bit. It, it seems like it's he's kind of been dictated to the last three or four times he's been out there. Uh, you know, it, it, other I guess, you know, what the Covington fight, the last Covington fight, he kind of was on the back step the entire time. Um, you know, both Edwards... I mean, the, the first Edwards fight, but that was at elevation, so that seemed like that was up his alley and a little bit different. This last Edwards fight, he was getting pushed back and the wrestling wasn't really working. So I guess I'll just be curious to see how this fight looks in the wrestling. And also I think Usman may, you know, have a technical advantage in the striking from the last time we saw Chamayev out there, which was, you know, the last time we saw him strike was the Gilbert Burns fight, which was, you know, almost two, two oh, years Lord. ago now. So that's a 155 or pretty much. Yeah, now exactly. He's fighting at 185, you know, exactly. So it's, it's a little bit different. If you're giving me if the early picks, I'm probably going to go Usman. and I'm sorry, not Usman. Jesus Christ. I'm probably going to go Chemaev. Uh I don't know if – I mean, I, I, would, I don't know if he finishes him with it being – I think it's a three-round fight. And uh, the the Volkanovski fight, I think it's going to play out very similar to last time. And Makachev just finds a way to win. That's just my personal opinion. But Yeah. Also, this card also had a um... – a withdrawal in not the future bout, but the one before Ikram Alskarov. He's had a, a bunch of different opponents. He's now fighting Worley Alves. Uh, not not what we wanted. Yeah, um, I right. guess Nazardine Imovov had to pull out. Mr. Worley Alves hasn't won a fight since the beginning of 2021 when he beat uh, Munir Laziz. I remember exactly where I was that fight. I was right at Dog Bar. And Munir Laziz, I bet on him, and he got fucking walked like a dog. So, um, Shut up. But he's one in, one in three in his last four, two in five in his last seven. Maybe if I can do math right. Um, I, or two and four, I should say, in his last six. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's going to smoke. Al Scarif's going to smoke him. Um, but at least we have Ankle Live and Johnny Walker. I don't know what's going to happen in that fight. Uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov, Muin Gafarov, eh, sure. Uh, Trevor Peak, uh, ja Javid, Basharat, Abu, Azatar, uh, Anshul Jubli, a bunch of like, up and coming guys that yeah. Sharon Boot and Magomedov guy. That's gonna be he's starting the card off. You know he's gonna put Bruno Silva to sleep or, or vice versa. So um, that's Mike Breeden for some reason is getting back on this card. Your boy. So is this uh, an yeah. 11 a.m. start? It is. It is. Uh, yeah, it is 11 a.m. I might have to switch my Friday and Saturday nights around, which can definitely be done and enable and in, in, enable <laughs> in order to watch this event from start to finish. Uh, Victor Henry, Javid Basra. Oh, it's gonna be like a grind, grind him out, grind him out fest. Holy shit! Even Tim Elliott, Muhammad Mokaya. Also, that's gonna be a grind him out uh, fight. So yeah, I'm excited about the card. Hopefully, nothing else falls through. We, we, we you know, we've had too much drama already. Yeah, uh, especially at the top. So yeah, um, uh, I'm looking forward. To that. I'm probably gonna go Islam and Hamza. Seems like the safe pick. Uh, I don't really. I feel more confident in uh, Hamza than I do Islam, just based off the caliber of opponent that he's fighting but 
It seems like Volk's already saying, like, well, I got nothing to lose. You know, it's on you. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't like, I don't like you didn't take the fight originally for a reason, and now you're hopping in there late notice. It just um, seems like a real uphill battle that he's facing. But yeah, how about USADA has ended their partnership with the UFC effective the end of this calendar 2023 year. Um, shitting on my boy on the way out, slandering him, acting like the UFC wanted them to change the rules for him. Which they've come out, you know, and basically said, "Hey, Usada, we'll, we'll give you till five o'clock to apologize <laughs> before we uh, sue the balls uh, off you." I love it, and, and, they, and they should, and they will, and I fucking love it. Yeah, love it. and Usada, you know, it seems like they kind of uh, overstepped their authority on a few of these situations, and yeah, UFC was respectful of them, but you know, this last couple ones, especially, they were just like, "Dude, you're a little." Ridiculous. It seemed like the argument was that Connor had taken stuff that was probably on the banned list to recover from his broken leg. and She definitely did. Which he definitely did. Everyone with eyes could tell that that happened. Not the point. But the point was that he they didn't really care if he was going to be able to submit clean tests, which that yeah. doesn't to me make sense. I mean, you let all these other guys fight who've gotten te- – who've tested positive – you know, and, you know, picograms and whatever the fuck you want to uh, talk about. But the guy who's never really tested positive, who took himself out of the pool because he knew he was going to be, you know, I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure Weidman did the same thing, but nobody really cared because Weidman wasn't putting pictures up of him looking at like apps, like looking like fucking Popeye. That's, the, I mean, yeah. that's literally where the problem here started. He was kind of just spitting in the face of USADA, which, you know, I don't, I, I don't blame him. He doesn't give a fuck. He's got enough money. He doesn't really, it doesn't really matter to him. But USADA, you know, it became personal. That's that's. It seemed like you saw it. Took it personal and kind of made this shit a bigger deal than it really needed to. They kind of tried to get in the way of this fight happening when everyone just wants Conor McGregor back in the cage. And I mean, Michael Chandler's even saying he doesn't really care. Like he could test, he could test pot the day of the fight, and I'll still fight him because he knows how yeah. much money that's going to bring him. But I think the big thing Absolutely. is just he's not going to test positive. Like that's. That's the whole, like, he shouldn't fight it. If he's on steroids, everyone agrees. No, he should not fight. But if he's submitting clean urine samples, why can't he fight? That's my He's point. also been, hasn't he, hasn't he been, like, the one, one of the most tested athletes ever? Yes. So, I, I just think this is a, an absolute huge victory for the UFC and for the fighters. This is probably McGregor's biggest win, and he's fought, and he's dismantled the likes of Jose Aldo. So the fact that, you know, he was able to break USADA. He was able to be the one who got them, who basically gave them their walking papers. I love it. USADA, since they've come around, what, what have they done? They, they say they, they, they stand for the fighters. The fighters don't. They don't do anything for the fighters. In fact, they've ruined multiple fighters' careers. Tom Lawler, his whole career is basically was just ended. Uh, the UFC had to cut him after he got a two-year ban for having um, small levels of Osterin in his system that there was three other fighters who got six months. He got two years. Yeah. There was never an explanation um, at all. He's still, you know, seeking out not, not even an apology, just something, but there's nothing you can really give back to him. You know, time has, has passed him by and, and whatnot. Um, so, you know, you saw this quite literally done nothing. You know, they're showing up, and asking asking to to get in the shower with Aljamain Sterling, um, who else? Exactly. Who was the other fighter? Uh, Tim Kennedy says they watched him shower. Not not they literally watched him 
get into the shower and bait and shower. That's fucking insane, man. They've, they've been doing shit like this for a while. They always release things, but don't give you their, you know, the exact science or how they got their findings. They never do anything. They, they're just useless. There's never really any need for them. Uh, I'm not anti anti doping, but get something that makes sense. Like Vada itself. It's pretty prevalent in boxing. That works. Nobody complains about that. It, it, it kind of is what it is. You know, in boxers, just how many cheaters are in boxing, which leads me to my next point. Uh, I guess the UFC is going to be going with, it's called a drug free sport is what they're called. And I guess they're the ones who have been catching all of the matchroom boxers who have been juicing. And there's a long, <laughs> long list of those, of those fighters overseas. I think, was it Amanda Serrano? I think she was the latest one or no, it was um, Alicia Bumgarner. Yeah. She said, Oh no, I, I didn't do it. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. All those British, British uh, men boxers, uh, you know, always getting caught pissing hot. So I guess that's good. Um, <laughs> the guy who oversees this program, uh, his name is George Pyro. Yeah. Pyro, Pyro. He was the lead interrogator Jesus for Saddam Hussein in 2014. Or 2004, I'm sorry. Um, so that's kind of crazy and um, weird. So I don't, I don't know what's, you know, the backstory behind that. But sure, you know, whatever gets rid of USADA, I don't think anybody's going to be complaining. I... I think it's crazy that that guy just interrogated Saddam Hussein, which is absolutely a, a nuts that that's intersecting now with the mixed martial arts world. But insane. I think I'm 20 in, years later, I think I'm in agreement with you though, with just the fact that it, it's, it just seemed like USADA really wasn't serving the purpose that it originally was like they, they cleaned the sport up. The sport had a lot of steroids. It was very obvious what was going on, and now it seems like very open, casual conversation that if you have the right amount of money, you can beat this test no problem. And I think so know, many, so many guys. In my it, personal you know? opinion, that's what John Jones was doing for the longest time, and he, yep. you know, just ran into a little. He, he was being a little lazy about his uh, dosing. That ran, that's where he got, you know, caught the one time. And there's just a lot of different like little shit that they were causing that, and then they weren't talking about it. They would release inf- like you said, release information on some people, not release it on other people. Saying that O'Malley tested positive, and then he like really didn't, or wasn't for performance enhancing. It's like I don't know. They and it just seemed like they had overstretched their bounds here, especially in this instance with Conor McGregor when it was not really necessary. You know, it's not. They were. It's. It really felt like they were putting their foot down and trying to make a point about this. When the UFC is like, "Dude, we really don't need you." Like, I'm sure that was the conversation. It's like, guys, like, you know, we don't tell you what to do, but you work for us. So if you're not going to be willing to do what we want you to do or do it the way we want you to do it, then we'll find someone else to do it. And it's again, yes. I think that's why they're exactly, and that's why they're probably UFC's probably so mad and they're going to sue them is because they're acting like they want McGregor to fight dirty, like. Kind of like the argument was with the Brock Lesnar and Mark Hunt thing, which got uh, dismissed because they acted like the UFC let Brock Lesnar, you know, juice up to the gills and didn't test him. Like that, that's that the UFC could never do that. They would be liable for everything then. It's just speaking of that, Mark Hunt has taken a fat L in court, and uh, I feel bad for him, but it's not about what you know, right? It's about what you can prove, and he couldn't prove that the UFC knew Brock was, was hot. Um, somehow, I guess, but <clears throat> I mean, after that fight, Brock Lesnar's body was as pink as a starburst, you know, like he looked literally looked like Patrick Starr. <laughs> so we know what was, what he was on. Mark Hunt knows, but 
he tried to sue the UFC and, uh, you know, didn't work. So he's now fucked with an absolute insane amount of, you know, court fees and lawyer fees. And I feel bad for him, but. Part of me does, part of me doesn't. But, uh, Ty, we got some fights to talk about. First, we got to talk UFC. We will have a little bit of Misfits boxing conversation at the uh, at oh, the man. end. So stay tuned if you uh, out there love Misfits boxing. I know all of you do. Uh, nobody. Um, it, what an absolute travesty, a joke, and mockery they've made of the sport. But let's start with UFC Vegas. What is this? I hope you have 80? a number for me. Is this 80? Well, yeah, I, I believe just, it is. Well, actually, I don't even have the last one written down, so... Yeah, we'll go with 80. Why not? 81, I'm sorry. 81. 81. Wow. See, because we didn't – That's what you know what the problem is? We didn't talk about 80, so we didn't even – it didn't even register in our brains. I don't even know half the shit that happened other than body bags putting uh, Abdul Razak al-Hassan in the arm triangle. But yeah. <clears throat> how about Sadiq Youssef? This is, this is your boy. My dog is just barking for no reason. I don't know if you people can even hear it on here, but – He's just chirping every once in a while. <laughs> um, Edson Barbosa, Sadiq Youssef. Uh, this is actually two of your boys. You met Edson Barbosa. You shook the man's hand. Yeah, and that, large hand. Large, large hand. hand. Yeah, he's a big guy. And then you got Sadiq Youssef, who you have been you know, carrying the torch for quite some time. So, yeah. Ty, I ask long, you. Long time. A long, long time. I ask you, Ty. Uh, the favorite here is Sadiq Youssef, but bare, nah, I mean, not barely, but uh, fair enough. Minus 185, 165. So it seems like it's jumping uh, around all, all sorts of areas. Uh, Edson Barbosa is a plus 140 underdog. So, Ty, I ask you, as uh, a person who has been a fan of both of these guys, so you will have to give your biased, but somewhat unbiased, because, you know, it's just kind of left out in the open. Who do you believe? Is going to win this fight? Um, it's pretty tough because I think one guy is at the tail end of his career and one guy is right in the middle of his prime, right? I think Barbosa's durability is probably going to go, or it's going, I should say. Um, I think Sadiq Youssef at, I think he's 30. Could be wrong. I think he's 30, yeah. Um, he's, he's pretty much in his prime. He's, he's coming off of a guillotine, right, against Don Shanus. I think that's the last time he fought. So it's been a little bit. Uh, Don Shanice, your boy. It's been, yeah, it's been a, more than a year, a little bit more than a year, but he got it done in 30 seconds. Uh, I think that was his first career, not, maybe not his first career sub, but definitely his first UFC sub. Um, so it's, it's good to see him working on his jujitsu, uh, his wrestling, his ground game, because you know how striking is, right? He's very quick. He's got active hands. He's starting to, you know, uh, do, do more things and pressure better. I think there's been times in his career, especially against, uh, you know, Mike Davis in the Contender Series, which best fight in contender series history, arguably still. Um, he was a plus 200 dog in that fight too. Um, very active, very, you know, good pressure, good volume, um, good low kicks, um, kind of unorthodox boxing and counter punches sometimes. So he's a little, a little tough to figure out. Um, remember he had that Kamora sweep against Andre Feely. So like I said, he's been working on the ground game and I don't think either of these guys are going to go for the, for the ground game, but there might be some clinching. There might be some, um, dirty boxing, who knows? I don't expect this fight to go the distance. I think both guys are pretty chinny. I think Sadiq Youssef, um, I think he's tough. I think he bounces right back from getting hit. You know, remember Arnold Allen kind of made him do the chicken dance, and he was was fine right after. So his recoverability is good. Uh, Barbosa's recoverability has always been pretty solid, but I just worry about, you know, that happening or, or that part the of this game going factor. forward. Yeah. 
yeah, the age and so many wars, man, like so many different, so many different wars. The Billy Q fight was even, you know, starting to look that until he got that, that knee. Um, so I don't know, man, like, like you said, I, I had been here through throughout it all with, um, Mr. DQ stuff. I remember he got slammed kind of on his head by Luis Gomez. That was his first loss. And then he fought Connor's boy, Dylan Took right after and just absolutely put him, put him to sleep. And then he got his contender series shot, looked amazing. Did what he had to do against the the first four guys he fought before Arnold Allen. Um, and I think that Arnold Allen fight was good for him. I think he learned a lot. He bounced back. His fight against uh, Alex Caceres, Caceres, if you will, uh, it was okay. I think Alex Caceres is, is a tough guy to fight. You know, he's been around for so long. Is so that awkward. how you say his name? It is. It is Caceres. Um, After all so. these years, he finally told us that's how you say his name? I don't believe it came from his mouth. So, uh, also in this card, Adrian Yanez, not Yanez or oh Yanez. It's Yanez. So, we're, we're, you know, we're uh, we're fixing our names, I guess, is what we're doing. Hey. Um, and then, you know, the Don Shannon's fight, he, he did what he had to do against a can. Um, but that guy was a can. After that fight, he went back to the regional scene. That That's just my issue here. I think he is a little bit chinny. I think he, you know, I think he can, uh, he can definitely be knocked out. I mean, Edson Barbosa is probably one of the best hammers in UFC history, I don't know if you would agree with that, but not a great nail, especially as he gets older. I think when you push him back, when you pressure him, you know, if you throw some low, uh, some low kicks at him, kind of surprise him and throw him off guard. And that's something you see Yusuf does all of those things. He pressures you, he comes forward, he walks you down. Uh, he, he, you know, he's not wild. He's not crazy, but he's definitely methodical. Um, and, you know, honestly, if he went for a takedown on Barbosa, I feel like he could get some top time. I mean, Edson Barbosa's got good takedown defense, but, his get-up game is, is pretty trash, honestly. I mean, Bryce Mitchell held him down for 11 and a half minutes. Uh, Kevin Lee held him down for 15 minutes. Makwan um, Amirkani held him down the entirety of the third round. So I think that's that's going to be an issue. I think some of that sharpness that you see from Edson is, is probably not going to be there. Um, but it is going to be close. I think they're both going to you know hit and kick and kind of just trade. But I think Sadiq Yusuf is eventually going to hit him with something hard, and he's going he's gonna to knock him out. So... I'm going to go Sadiq Youssef um, since my one laptop is just you know, slower than sl- – slow as possible, I guess. I'm going to have to go on my phone and switch tabs and see what Sadiq Youssef is inside the distance. Plus 145. I like it. I like it. I'm going to take that. I was thinking about laying a big a big bet on him just money line, but um, I just don't know about the decision. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I guess maybe there's an alternate world. Uh, he gets taught a vet, a vet lesson, but – I don't know if Edson's really in shape to do that anymore. So give me Yusef inside the distance, plus 145. I'm going to go Barbosa Moneyline, plus 145 as well. Um, as well? Uh, well, it's also 145. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> um, I just think – I was like, I didn't Yeah, I don't trust Yusef's <laughs> strength of schedule, uh, which you kind of made mention about Don Chanis being one of the uh, – you know, his last fight – uh, I think Barbosa's, uh, you know, he, I think he still has a little bit left in him. And I think, like you said, that vet lesson, I could see this being like a split decision sort of thing where, you know, a couple of these rounds are pretty boring where leg kicks and they're kind of scared to trade. And that's what I'm kind of uh, at least hoping for. I think Barbosa is going to have the quick, sharp strikes. He's going to be the bigger guy in there. So that jab's going to be able to land, I think somewhat well, um, Barbosa's hands are not that good though, so that's what yeah. worries me. But uh, I think he just finds a way. So uh, I, I don't, 
I don't really like this bet, but I just don't like this fight in general. For at least one of us should win, right? Yeah, well, I sure hope so. I think <laughs> I think you're right. I do think this fight does end inside the distance, but especially if Yusef wins, I think if Barbosa wins, it could be a uh, sort of a slower kickbot where he maybe tags him a few times and he like backs him up, but it's you know not enough to get him out of there. So I believe uh, there's been a knockdown in let's see one two three four five six seven eight eight of Edson Barbosa's last nine fights. The only one not being against Paul Felder, which is kind of ironic. Um, and he's been knocked down in a lot of them: twice by Giga, once by Justin Gaethje, uh, which yeah, once by Bryce Mitchell. Uh, more recently, that's that's the fight that really worries me. And even the Billy Q fight, like they were pretty even until he knocked him out. Um, and the and the Giga loss, not great. Like he has some, you know. Rough losses, but then again, look what he did that uh, Shane Burgos pretty much ended Shane Burgos's career as we know it. I mean, um, you know, he went to the PFL, and you know, what did he do after that? You know, he he got gifted a spot in the in the tournament, and even his last two fights uh, after Barbosa, I think he got gifted that win against Charles Jordan. So, um, and even the Billy Q fight was close. So, I mean, Edson Barbosa has pretty much career altering altering power. He's he's landed what spinning back heel kicks, flying knees, punches, ground and pound, body shots. So he's done it all. And Sadiq Yusef going to have a, has a lot on his hands to work with, but he's got a good camp. He's in a good spot in his career. So I'm going to trust him to get the biggest win of his career. Hopefully he can, uh, you know, keep the momentum going and fight maybe twice next year. Jennifer Maya, Viviana Rougeau stuck here on the co-main. I don't get why they put these, uh, I, I kind of talked about that earlier. I just don't understand why this fight is where it is on the card, but what are you going to do? Two ladies who are, you know, on the upper half of 35 of uh, the Jennifer Maya just turned uh, 35. Um, by the way, happy birthday. Um, happy birthday. Uh, listen, I, she is a minus, it says minus 155 on here. Favorite to Viviana Rujo's plus 130. So this kind of goes to show you really nobody, Knows what's gonna, you know, kind of happen here. Uh, Vivi is coming off of a L, I'm pretty sure, or is it a W? No, it's yeah, she lost to Hebos. Hebos, and then after, yeah, a Grosso uh, before that, yeah, Andrea Lee. But she looked w. good against Grosso. Like she looked really good against Grosso. She got a couple takedowns. Like she, you know, she was putting up the volume. And then she fights Amanda Hebos and completely falls off a cliff performance wise. I don't know what it was. I, you know, Amanda Hebos definitely a different style, but I thought it would have been a not an easier test. But I thought she'd be able to clip. Amanda Hebos. I think she did, you know, hit when, when she when she hit her, uh, Amanda Hebos got those uh, you know, those those deer in the headlights eyes where she was like, Oh my god, I just got punched in the face. I can't believe it. Uh, you know, but like that was just a bad performance from from Arujo. I, I really have issues with her, her cardio issues, um, her takedown defense, her athleticism, her footwork, her her hand power, that was all like a great mix when she was in her prime, right? When she was beating, uh, you know, beating it, making Roxanne Modafferi look like an idiot, uh, beating Montana De La Rosa, beating Andrea Lee, you know, convincingly, even though she got knocked down in the first round, you know, things got sketchy a little bit. Um, she, she, you know, bounced back and oh, oh I think did she sub her? No, she almost subbed her. Um, and even the truth fight, I thought was you know somewhat competitive. Um, I don't think she's a high ceiling, but I think she's a pretty high floor. That I guess the same could be said about Jennifer Maya. I mean, uh, I think Jennifer Maya is kind of like a you know meat and potatoes fighter. I always thought she was like, okay, decent, just nothing, nothing crazy. She'll beat Roxy and then she'll lose the Chook, kind of like uh, Vivi. Um, she actually lost the Chook twice, which, you know, I can't believe they, they decided to run that one back. Uh, but her last two fights, she's looked good. She's put up the volume on uh, Marina Moroz and Casey O'Neill specifically. She's beaten them unanimously. Um, 
Her takedown defense, 57%, not good at all. Um, it's definitely, you know, improved recently, but I think Vivi could have a path there. I think that could be, you know, especially if she's tired, especially in the later rounds, I think Vivi has the, the hand speed and the power advantage. Uh, I think she's just kind of better everywhere than Jennifer Maya. I think Jennifer Maya is running into a kind of a tough test for someone that maybe if it was a year later, she'd be able to, uh, or I should say if Vivi was a year older, I think she'd maybe be able to eke out the decision. It's probably going to be close. I'm going to go Vivi, money line. Uh, I shouldn't do this. I, I did it in the He-Boss fight, but I'm going to trust her. I'm going to trust her to try to get it done, eke out a, a split victory. I think maybe Jennifer Maya's last two wins, maybe they're a bit, uh, overrated. I think Casey, I love Casey O'Neill. I think she's, you know, super marketable, uh, good looking, good athlete. She trains with great fighters. She's good size. She's very, very young, but that's the problem. She's very raw. You know, when she put up a bunch of numbers against Roxanne Modafferi, who's on her way, who's already out, uh, everyone thought she was the next big thing. And Jennifer Maya, I mean, just taught her a nice vet lesson. So I think Casey O'Neill, Marina Moroz, you know, we, we know the deal about Marina Moroz. Uh, she's more active on OnlyFans, so um, she actually has been good lately. I, I don't want to. I don't want to joke around. Marina Morris has some good wins in her career, but um, I, I just don't know if those wins are great for Jennifer Maya. I think they're good, you know. <laughs> Fuck is <weird. laughs> But um, that, that's that, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I I think Vivi can hurt her. I think she can sting her. I think she can win the big moments. Um, I think she could probably outscramble her. I think she's she's bigger, longer. Um, maybe stronger. It, it's just they're both in such a you know weird part of their career that you know one's on a two fight winning streak after struggling, one's on a two fight losing streak after winning some fights. I think this goes the way the Andrea Lee fight kind of went, honestly. So yeah, you're yeah, not, give me Vivi. Like my pick. Yeah, probably not. Uh, but uh, he he's going Vivi money line plus one thirty five is what I'm able to get at on the best fight odds. Uh, I am going to go Jennifer Maya decision. I think this fight. I think honestly, if you want to make money and just kind of throw this in a parlay, the fight over. that goes to decision or over anything like that. If it goes to decision, is minus like four hundred, which is that just goes to show you. That makes sense. I mean, you look <laughs> at these girls' last like ten fights. I think you probably ninety percent of them have gone to a decision. So yeah, I think uh, the last Vivi fight that didn't go the distance was her her, her debut against. Um, what was that bum's name? Talita Bernardo. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that's the only fight of hers that hasn't gone the distance. And she has gone five rounds once against Miss Alexa Grasso. Again, I, I can't overstate how good she looked in that fight. But then just, you know, fell off the next fight. Jennifer Maya has been five rounds also with Valentina Shevchenko. She even took her down. Yeah. So brief success. She hasn't got to finish this. She uh, armbarred Joanne. Do, do not call me Calder Wood. So both of them with one combined finish in the UFC. Yes, very much like you said. I agree with that one. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Go on my decision minus 105, ladies and gentlemen. So, Trader. Jonathan Martinez. Adrian, what is his nice name? Yanez. 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 I got to remember that. Yan, not Yanez. Yanez. It might as well be two N's. Just, just think of that. Yeah, the the uh, tilde, I, I think yeah, it's called, on the N is... Uh, you know, you got to really it's emphasize. It's not on tapology, yeah. though, so that is the kind of disappointing <laughs> thing. It's hard for me to get the Yanez uh, going also on. Also, not on UFC stats. So. There you go. So that's always great to kind of just throw through. Could be Yanez, for all we know, you know? Yanez. Uh, so, my, I mean, this is right down the middle. This is, like, it, this, this is, is if they were making a fight uh, in, in the lab. Should be the Yeah, like, this is it. This is the co-main. 
<laughs> Yanez uh, got kind of uh, embarrassed the last time out there against uh, Rob Font, yep. which I mean we should have saw. I mean I, I don't know if you took. I think you might have taken it, but um, I didn't. I know I had Yanez, and he kind of really just embarrassed me. I, I just it made me feel like I knew nothing about MMA when I watched that happen, but. It was kind of like a vet lesson, sort of, to, yeah. you know. And Yanez does not take shots well. We've talked about that on here before, and he did not take shots well in that fight either. Jonathan Martinez throws heat. The dragon. Not not to be, you know, a little bit of a pun there, but he's coming off of a win against Saeed Nurmagomedov, which is, that is a pretty, pretty good win. I, I mean, he's not exactly the greatest Nurmagomedov, but um, definitely he's, not. he's still pretty good, though, and... He leg kicked uh, Cub Swanson into oblivion. He, you know, w- wins against Vince Morales. <laughs> Alejandro Perez. We're not going to go through here too much. But the Morales fight was tough. Yeah, uh, Martinez has nasty leg kicks. I will say that nasty body kicks, nasty kicks in general. Uh, I guess I think I'm leaning Jonathan Martinez. So I'm asking you if you are going to convince me to go otherwise. Yeah, I like Adrian Yanez here. Okay. Uh, I think I think he's a slow starter, and I think that's you know he's gotten away with it. He's kind of similar to Piotr Jan in that in that sense. Like he kind of you know downloads the data, if you will, and then tries to look for his uh, for you know his openings. It's just it's not good, you know. It's it's not a good thing to do. I hate when fighters do that. Um, it's one of my pet peeves. But it, also, I'm not, you know, I'm not in there. I'm not. I'm, I, I guess I understand because Floyd, his whole career, spent his entire first round every fight doing that. But also, he pretty much won those rounds anyway. He just didn't get you – know, he didn't do anything. He just didn't also get hit. Um, and that hurt him against Rafan. You know, he, he started slow, and then he got lulled into a, a, a war. He got caught right in the middle of an exchange, you know, kind of like a just different pace rounds. Like, it might as well have been two different fights in that first round. You know, he started slow against Tony Kelly, started slow against Davy Grant, started very slow against Randy Costa. Um, but he turned it up. He has a pretty good chin. I just think Rafa, you know, hits hard and caught him with a huge, huge shot. Um, how old is Yanez? Yeah, he's only two years younger than us. So, you know, I think this is – when's the last time he was, a, he was an underdog? I, I honestly don't think he's been an underdog in his entire UFC career. So I think we're getting pretty good value on him. Um, obviously, he's got that good quick boxing. He's got that KO power. He, uh, funny enough, is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I just don't think he really cares to use it. He wants to use his hands and put his paws on you. Um, the thing about Martinez, I think he, I think he's pretty solid. I just think he's kind of had a, you know, um, a bunch of just, I don't know, not great opponents, if you will. If you look at, you know, some of the guys he's fought, it's just a lot of guys who aren't even in the UFC anymore. Uh, Cub Swanson pretty much, I think was retired right, right after that fight. Um, yeah, and then came back, but yeah, well, he might come back again. Never yeah, know. Apparently. Um, he is an underrated striker. Martinez is, I think he, you know, when he, he started off his career, <laughs> Fighting Andre Sukhmatov and got dropped twice. Now he has been dropped multiple times in his career. Alejandro Perez dropped him. Davy Grant dropped him. So I do, I do think both of them. I don't know if they're. I don't even know if Yanez is chinny, but he's been knocked out, so it's it's hard to say he's not. Both of them have uh, striking defense issues. I guess I'll say. Um, the Saeed fight was very close. Um, the um, uh, was it Perez? No, it was the one fight I was just talking about. Uh, the Vince Morales fight was very close. Um, he trains with Chris Gutierrez, so you see a lot of similarities there. They both love throwing the low kicks, but don't have the best boxing, right? Um, he is a pretty good minute winner. Um, Martinez is just because he's so active, and I think sometimes Yanez is not. Yeah. But also, Yanez is not trying to go the distance. 
Um, sure. But yeah, Mar- Martinez's boxing in general is very sketchy, and he's been dropped four times in the UFC. So that really makes me um, – it gives me cause for, pause for concern. Is it cause for concern or pause for concern? Either way, it gives me both. Pause, I think. Uh, I, I yeah. I got Adrian Yanez. I'm going to take him money line. Um, I guess he's the slight favorite now, so I guess he's not the underdog. Um, all the money's coming in on him. So, yeah, I mean, I got I got Yanez money line. I won't take him inside the distance, but just, just to, you know, play it safe, I guess I won't. Um, so, yeah. You can pretty much get it uh, at the same number on either side if you shop around at different books. Uh, to answer your question earlier, Yanez was – the last time he was a underdog was against Miles Johns in LFA in wow. 2018. And he lost a split decision. So I was like, he almost won that fight. Yeah, he too, almost if I did. Remember yes. Um So there's that. Uh, Andre Petrosky, Glendora's own. Uh, he's not. He didn't, wasn't born in Glendora, but he, I believe, he resides there. According to the Ultimate Fighter, he's fighting <laughs> Michel Pereira. So uh, I believe Pereira was supposed to fight Mark Andre Barriot, who pulled out. I think that was the original fight that was supposed to be made. Petrosky mm-hmm. jumps in here late notice. He is a Plus 170 underdog to uh, Mr. Pajeda's uh, minus 200. I don't like anything about uh, Michelle Pajeda. I, I really don't. Um, I, he's fun. He's exciting. But he's also missed weight for the Stephen Thompson fight that kind of you know, ruined everything for that. Uh, he won that Ponzinibbio fight barely. Uh, he, you know, he wasn't able to get Filaho out because apparently everyone else has been able to get Filaho out. He wasn't able yeah. to knock out Nico Price. So... I guess I just ask you, Ty, like, really, um, what am I supposed to bet here? Like, I think he's obviously going to have the striking advantage, but Petrosky's just going to spam takedowns on him the whole time. So I guess I ask you, really, I don't think I have a bet here right away, I'll just say. I, I don't like either one uh, of these. Well, I like Petrosky, but I think this is a tough matchup for him, and I think, you know, Pajeda is good, but I can't trust him, so. Yeah. He's missed weight multiple times. He missed weight against Tristan Connolly, and he lost to Tristan Connolly. Who, by the way, where 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 has he been? <laughs> he won that fight and just lost three in a row in the UFC and never fought again. Yeah. I'm sorry, he lost two in the UFC, fought once in BFL, and lost to Xavier Nash. Not to be confused with Steve Nash. Okay. Um, I was confused. It was just. Yeah, so I still am. Um, so he's missed weight multiple times. I think when he came into the UFC, there, there was just a highlight reel of him doing, you know. Uh, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Flips, just, you know, jumping and dancing yeah. and flipping, doing things, you know, jumping from the top rope, jumping from Owen Hart's vantage point, like Jesus. just doing anything, anything in fights, you know, doing backflips on a grounded opponent, RIP for sure. Um, so, you know, and then he loses to Tristan Connolly, and you're like, uh, okay. Like he's, he, he gassed himself out walking to the ring. Then he illegally needs Diego Sanchez in a fight that he should have, again, you said it earlier, like, He's supposed to be the scary, you know, crazy fighter. Like a lot of people make comparisons with him and Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker finishes guys like yeah, yeah he puts violently, to, violently. He puts him to sleep. Like he doesn't go to splits with a wash Ponzinibbio. He doesn't go to this. Who who goes to decisions with Andre Fiala? Like nobody. That that that's not a thing that happens. Tim Means, Joaquin Buckley, Muslim Salikov, Jake Matthews, four guys that have cleaned up Andre Fiala. He's like, in the third round with with Diego Sanchez. That just shouldn't happen. No. That just shouldn't happen. Nico Price was past it. Chaos Williams, sure, whatever. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm not a huge Michelle Pereira guy, like you said. I've never have been. He's moving up 
Um, I know he's a big boy, but I think Andre Petrovsky is a more natural middleweight. Uh, Andre Petrovsky has that college wrestling background uh, to, 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 you know, lay on. He also has, you know, good power with his hands. I don't think he's the best, you know, striker. I think he, if he strikes with Pereira, I think he honestly could get, could get marked up. Cause I also don't like Petrovsky's gas tank. No, um, I think he's honestly kind of fucked if he doesn't get takedowns, but, or, you know, doesn't keep him down, but I think he should, I think both of them have, have cardio issues. You know, I think Michelle Pereira has definitely laid off of the weird spinny crazy shit, but he's just like, he's a wild card who can like kind of meme his way, you know, uh, up the division, I guess it, it's, he's such an odd fighter to really get a, you know, a hold of. So I'm going to stay away. I, I, I had Petrosky. I laid the chalk with him when he fought GM three and dude, the end of that fight was sketchy. Like yeah. he looked like he was about to, you know, go down with a, a you know, gust of wind. Like I was very sketched out. I, I knew he won, but whew, I don't know, man. I mean, Petrosky. So he hasn't really been an underdog besides the Nick Maximoff fight. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of excited to see how he, uh, how he comes out, how he starts the fight. You know, if he wants to stay standing, maybe, maybe get, get some respect from Michelle and then go for the wrestling. But I'm going to stay away. I think also Michelle Pereira has been off for a while, like a year plus. Um, if I can, if I'm correct. Yeah. He's had yeah, a bunch I guess of his last fight. Yeah. His last fight was May of 2020, uh, 2022 against Pond. So that's, you know, that's an issue. Also, I know they're both kind of the same age. Or no, yeah, they're both similar in age. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Petrosky money line. I, I'm not going to bet it. I'm going to take Petrosky to win, but I am not going to bet anything in this fight. I, I, I can't bet a Michelle Pereira fight. I, just, I don't know what I'm doing. You know? I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so now we have C Rod. This is uh, this is actually a pretty good fight, too. Uh, awesome Christian, fight. Christian Rodriguez coming off of his win against Raul Rosas Jr., he is a minus 160 favorite against Cameron Simon. Uh, South Africa's own, who is nine and zero, who has actually looked very impressive, even though he doesn't exactly always fight uh, within the rules, um, you know, <laughs> in some aspects. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the you can say that. I mean, he listens. He he does. Honestly, he's kind of smart. I don't know if he does it on purpose or he's just kind of like reckless because he is young, right? He is a Drickus Duplessis uh, protege, and Drickus sometimes doesn't fight within the rules. Um, I don't know if it's just like a South African thing. They just like to cheat sometimes, or you know. Test their boundaries, I guess. Um, but why not? Why not poke a guy in the eye and then five minutes, uh, two minutes later, kick him in the balls and be like, "Hey, if you're not going to take a point or warn me, you know, if I can get a warning for four different, th- if I can get a warning for like six different things, I'm going to do it." All right, it's like the uh, the Tamir's Vidal special. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, shout out to her. Betting on him, money line or decision props would always be sketchy. I would never do any of that because he's gonna, he's going to get points taken. Um, but he also doesn't really fight for a decision. I think the Mono Martinez fight was kind of an outlier. Uh, also, he was getting he was getting pieced up a little bit in that fight, um, if I remember correctly. With with um, with Mono Martinez, I think in the first round he was getting hit hard, and he has defensive issues. Cameron Simon, he gets hit a, like easily. Yeah, um, but he has good kicks, powerful striking, just good grappling, but very sloppy. I think Terrence Mitchell took him down right, or he reversed him. Um, the gas tank and volume are two things I really love about Simon. I think, you know, when you're a young fighter, there's certain things you can work on, certain things you can, you know, th- that will improve and certain things that won't improve, I guess. And I think, you know, just the sloppiness the, 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 on, the, on the feet and on the ground. But you always notice with, with young fighters that they don't really have a great gas tank, right? Or sometimes they don't have a great volume. 
or sometimes they're not a good nail. I think Cameron Simon's all those things. I think he has good gas tank. I think he has good volume. Uh, he has very good ante- uh, intangibles. Um, you know, not the smartest fighter in the world, but he's so young and raw, but he's, you know, powerful and strong. Um, and, and, you know, with, with Christian Rodriguez, I like him and I feel like he's, I feel like this is a different matchup. This is kind of one that he wants, you know, to get after. Like he's fought all, all grapplers, even on the contender series, that guy, uh, Cortez, uh, grappler, Joshua Weems, grappler, JSP, same thing. Uh, Raul Rosas just wants to hump your back. Like yeah. now he's getting Cameron Simon, who can definitely grapple, but man, he's he is hell on wheels right out the gate, right out of the gate. Um, he's got good technical striking, Rodriguez. I think he's the more technical guy. Um, the loss to JSP, you know, he was up a weight class, short notice. I don't take anything from that. He's got good counter shots, pretty good on the ground. I think Rodriguez is just doesn't really go for it. The low volume is kind of what sets sets Simon apart here. Um, the, the low volume for Rodriguez, that is. So I'm a little bit conflicted because I see I, I do like C Rod, but I think it's I want to say wide. I think it should be lined a little closer. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna stay away, but I can definitely be convinced to take some kind of some some kind of bet. So let's hear what you got. I have Christian Rodriguez inside the distance plus two seventy five, and I base that off of like you said. I think Cameron Simon's grappling is very sloppy. And I think mm-hmm. at some point he's going to be involved in some sort of grappling exchange. And I think Christian Rodriguez is going to hunt submissions in this. Because I saw I, – I think Christian Rodriguez's grappling is at the upper level of any conversation that you have in oh, – is this 25? I think he, he is as good – or is 35? I think it's as good as anybody that you can put him up against. I mean, Raul Rosas Jr., you could talk about how you know dominant he was against some of these p- opponents, which you know aren't the greatest, but still he stopped that hype train right in its tracks by just being able to defend takedowns and and uh, taking him down and ending up on top. And like you said, JSP, who like you said was up going up a weight class on short notice, and he was sweeping him and reversing him and got him into a war. So it's you know I'm very I'm a big Christian Rodriguez fan. Uh, he's got seven of his nine fights or finishes, and I think Cameron Simon's a little sloppy, and I think he's gotten away with it from some of these people that he's fought. You know, Terrence Mitchell, we've we've discussed on yeah. here, is is literally an infinite money glitch when he's fighting in the <laughs> UFC. So uh, I'm gonna go. Mar- uh, I'm sorry, uh, Rodriguez inside the distance plus two seventy five. I like it. I like it. I think I'm gonna do the same thing. I think he might be able to get an opportunistic choke like he did against Joshua Weems. That's what I'm thinking. Um, the problem, I, uh, I guess not the problem, but going forward, the thing I do not like with Christian Rodriguez, he's missed weight three times now. The Contender Series fight, the Raul Rosas fight, and now the Cameron Simon fight. He weighed, he weighed in at 140 this morning, so not even close. Not even close, really, and we're kind of lucky the fight's still going on as planned. We already lost the fight. I don't know if you uh, are aware of Mr. Lacerda having the pullout. <laughs> uh, it's, it's always something with our boy Daniel Da Silva Lacerda. It's, it's always something. Uh, you know, I get excited for his for his get back fight, and you know, no contest. They run it back a couple weeks later, and he pulls out. So, it might be know. it for him. No, he's gonna get one more. <laughs> Listen, we're gonna give him another ten day contract. All right, he's getting another chance to prove it. The Philadelphia Sixers need a backup center. Here you go. Um, no, but for real, I, I don't know what's you know. I don't know if he loses his next fight. They're they're not even gonna cut him. They're gonna like you know, kick him out of the country. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but for this C-Rod fight, I am with you. I will take him inside the distance. I mean, how many of his fights have ended inside the distance? Pretty much seven of them, seven of the nine wins. So um, 
and like I said, that loss against JSP, we don't we don't hold that against him. So and he has a couple quick couple quick first rounders. So um, let's do it, baby. I like it. Uh, so now we keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. That was the main card. This is the prelims. We have Darren Elkins, the damage, getting back in there. I've seen this man go to sleep, and I've seen him put people to sleep. He's fighting TJ Brown. Uh, now, you want to talk about an absolute slop fest? This is exactly what that is. Uh, TJ Brown, these guys have a combined 21 losses, and they are fighting in the uh, highest level of mixed martial arts that you can possibly have. Ty made mention that we lost the Lacerda fight. That was probably going to be the next one we were talking about, but it's pretty crazy that that that's happening again. But uh, Elkins is a plus 150 underdog to TJ Brown's minus 175. I implore everyone out there before Ty speaks, do not bet this fight. Um, this is a slop, slop, slop fest. Uh, Darren Elkins is 39 years old. You can't trust anything that he does. He, he will come from the depths to eliminate uh, T.J. Brown. Uh, I, I lean T.J. Brown here, but I just can't bet against Darren Elkins. Yeah, I mean, these are two guys that make so many different mistakes in the, in the ring that you, you don't even know what to do. Darren Elkins is, you know, the comeback king. Uh, what's his what's his nickname? It's the damage, right? He yeah. takes the damage. He does. That's all he does. He gets takedowns, but he doesn't land him at a high percentage. And he, whoa, there. He um he gets submissions, but he also gets actually he's only been submitted once, right? I think it was by Habib or not Habib. Um, what the hell am I talking about? Am I talking about? Am I talking nonsense? Um, I, oh, Charles Oliver. That's the only person to ever submit him. So, you know, <laughs> I I just. Basically, think Darren Elkins. It comes down to two things. Darren Elkins is completely, completely damaged. I'm sorry to drop the pun again, but he's completely cooked. Uh, and TJ Brown is a complete liability in there. I mean, he he does things that just don't make sense. That it doesn't make sense at all. Um, the the uh, Shylin Nerdum BK fight, not a great look. Um, the the Jordan Griffin fight to to get guillotine from side control is so. I don't even know how to put it in words. Like, sure, that would happen to me or you, sure. But, I mean, whew. <laughs> I don't understand how that happened. I, I still don't. Uh, the, the Kai Kamaka fight, I thought he lost. Completely thought he lost. I remember, I think, betting on Kamaka, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Bill Algier fight, he was doing well and completely fell apart in the second round. Uh, he just, you know, he's kind of a dummy. He's kind of an idiot. Like, he just doesn't make sense. What He, he goes for takedowns. And I think that's where he has to get it. Uh, I think he has just mediocre striking. I don't think he has good durability. He's been knocked down a bunch. Um, you know, very, very chinny. I think he's, you know, has some good recoverability. But um, being chinny against Darren Elkins is probably not the best recipe. But like I said, Darren Elkins, he's still a dog. He can get takedowns. He can give them up. I have no idea how this fight's going to go. I'm with you. I'm staying away. My pick is TJ Brown. I think he might even be able to finish him if he can get some ground pound on top of him or, you know, maybe maybe find the back, you know, or maybe get an opportunistic choke or some kind of sub. But I don't know, I'm going downtown TJ Brown to, you know, probably just just get enough – just just get it done. I, you, you guys can tell out there that that uh, fight hurt us to talk about because it's just – I mean, what, what are we doing here? But this is another one that's going to kind of hurt because um, I don't know how to say either one of these women's names. Yes, you uh, do. Tainara Lisboa. Boom. Versus Ravina Oliveira. So, Boom. Wow. I Come kinda, on. I kind of smoked that Stop shit. Stop it. So, uh, but, I mean, who the fuck? Who the fuck is Ravina Oliveira, you ask? 
no, I don't know either. Uh, she's making. You don't follow her Instagram? No, Come I on. don't. Um, I, I don't. I'm not a big. Uh, per, you know, I don't support any of these uh, Instagrams out there. But I will say that I do love when I look at a lady's fighter, a lady fighter, and she has seven of her wins are all by finish. So it's very sure. rare. There's a lot of decisions in the uh, women's game, but the higher up in the weight class, seems like this lady drops some bombs. And I don't know now, if it's because she get... has fought nobody, uh, which, <laughs> I mean, uh, of her I was gonna say. first, like, seven fights, I think there was maybe a combined three professional fights before her fights. So I, I don't know exactly how I'm supposed to feel about that. But, uh, I mean, the last fight she had was against an 8-5 and five lady, and she beat her in the third round. Via ground and pound, uh, Miss Lisboa, uh, I believe, has fought in the UFC. Right? Uh, she has a she beat yeah, Jessica Rose did. Clark. She choked her, she choked her ass out, and said Jessica yeah, Rose Clark back to making more premium content. Um, <laughs> so I guess Ty, I'll ask you uh, before I read the odds. Actually, I should read the odds first. Lisboa is a minus three fifty favorite to a Ravina Oliveira's plus two sixty. Uh, I don't think this fight goes to the decision. And um, the the odds say so as well. But do you feel do I should I feel good in betting Lisboa minus one hundred five inside the distance? Uh, not really sure. Um, <laughs> no, I think that, that might be the play. I just you know this chick has literally done nothing. Um, and she has. I mean, does she have the most padded record ever? Maybe not, but maybe you know. I mean, you know, she finally fought somebody with actual fights on her record and went to the third round with her. Who I, you know. I don't even know how she looked in that fight. She just seems like a, a sloppy Muay Thai striker with kickboxing who clinches, and she has some solid power. She's very physical. She looks the part on her lower body, um, if you know what I mean. Um, she comes to fight. She seems like a dog, but I think in that loss that she has, she was subbed from the top. So not a great, not a great look. Um, and she usually fights at 125. I believe this. I believe this one's at 135. Correct. Let's see. Um, yeah, so she's moving up and that, you know, th those things alone, again, there's not really much out there on either. Um, but at least we saw Lisboa, you know, get somebody out of there. Um, she has like a Muay Thai kickboxing background as well, but she has a bunch of jujitsu, right? She's easily choked out Jesse. So, uh, this line is kind of blown up. Yeah. And, um, I guess I'm trying to see if there's anything to bet. I have something. I had to sneeze real quick, but um, let's <laughs> I was see. wondering where you was, went. <laughs> was both inside the distance is, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's minus 105. Oh, it's minus 110. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stay away. Two unknowns, and you know, maybe it's just a gross 15 minute, 15 minute affair, but let's hear what you have. I got Lisboa sub plus 275, and I think that Ravina only has one submission victory in her career. And I think that Lisboa, if from what I remember from the uh, Rose Clark fight, was just kind of the way better. I mean, obviously, it's not that hard to be a better grappler than Jessica Rose Clark. But I think it's going to be a similar fight where she's just going to be the bigger lady in this in this fight. And maybe the striking gets going at some point. But um, from what I read, it sounds like she's, like you said, she's going to work on the clinch. And she's going to try and just basically muscle um Lisboa to the ground, and uh, eventually, I, I just have a feeling you making your UFC debut, you're going to eventually gas out and give yourself up in a bad situation. I could see it being where she's on the ground, she gets you know TKO'd via ground and pound, and I'm just pissed off. But uh, I'll take this chance on the sub and try to make some money here. So uh, 
plus 275. I like it. How about Terrence McKinney? <laughs> I mean, times have been better for Terrence McKinney. Uh, he, it, is, it has been a rough little go at it. I mean, he goes gets back in there with the W against Mike Breeden, but, I mean, come on. You know, I'm not going to get too excited about that. Yeah. Uh, he's fighting Brendan Marot, the kid, uh, member of the New England cartel. Uh, he is coming off of a big win against Lionel. Don't call me the train young, who was 11 and 20 before uh, this fight. So, listen, uh, I, this is another guy who has a record of, uh, I just, I mean, what are we doing here? You know, I, I don't. I don't know why this guy got the call that we they didn't have a better option than him fighting in the combat zone. Um, uh, but Terrence McKinney was supposed to fight Chris Duncan, which that would have been sick. But yeah, I believe Chris nice. Duncan had some visa issues. Would have taken Chris Duncan, by the way, uh, via decimation. But I think, two, baby. I think Terrence McKinney gets a W here. He's obviously a minus 500 to 600 favorite here. Um, I guess the question is, how does he get it done? Yeah, I uh, I think I think um, man, it's really tough because like it seems like he's you know uh, I guess ever since he's made his UFC debut, he's gone what uh, quick knockout, choke, choke, quick knockout. So um, and I think the thing with Brendan Marat is he trains with Connor Matthews, who uh, won his contender series fight last week, and uh, you know all those guys at, in the New England cartel. He's a striker who who likes to you know go for it, but he keeps his hands down. He got mounted in that fight against Mister uh, Lionel Boogs Lewis. So I don't know where uh, Young. He's got all the nicknames. Lionel Young. Young. I said Lewis. Lionel Lionel Lewis. Um, <laughs> Lionel Richie was able wow. to uh, take him down and mount him oh, very early nice. in the fight. Oh, oh no! Nice. <laughs> okay. I just heard that last night. Somebody did that at karaoke. Hell yeah! Uh, Probably actually, horrible. funny enough. Not not great, um, but there was this one chick who was doing uh, you know, "Because of You" by Kelly Clarkson, and I almost started crying. It was actually insane, <laughs> insane how good she was. Um, it's always a good time. Come by Thursdays, ten p.m. We got karaoke. Sometimes I, got, I jump up there. I that, that's where it gets. That's where it gets bad. If I get up there, um, but yeah, who knows where? Who knows what we were talking about? Uh, Brendan Barat is probably not going to win this fight. Uh, let's just let's just say that. Uh, keeping his hands down, not good to fight somebody like Terrence McKinney, and getting mounted by some random bum is not good when you're fighting Terrence McKinney. Because in that first round, you know, maybe not the full round, but most of it, he is a fucking killer. And he doesn't stop. He just comes forward with pressure. And, you know, it's a little sloppy. You can hit him, but it's just, I think the problem Drew Dober had was he was just in his face the whole time. He was like, fuck, man, I can't even breathe. Like, very good athlete, has a bunch of kicks, good straight punches, good power, good speed. Um, his footwork, Needs needs a lot of work, uh, and his gas tank. I mean, you know, he, he's pretty much like Daniel Lacerda. He he doesn't want to go to the second round, and if he goes to the second round, he's probably going to lose, right? Um, let's look at his losses. Sadikov came in the second. Bomfim came in the second. Drew Dober came in the second part of the first round, right? So not the second quite, but Sean Woodson fight way back in the day came in the second. So um, yeah, if Brendan Barak can get to the second round, he's he might win, but. That's probably not going to happen. I think he's going to eat like a head kick or a straight left, something big to send him down. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe club and sub. I have no idea. I would take McKinney at round one if it was like remotely decent of a line, but I don't. Need, I, I can't find it, and I'm not sure you it's going to be that. you think he knocks him out or he submits him? Ah, uh, man, I have no idea. I'm going to go knockout. Okay, so if you, I think you could get knockout at plus 170 in the first round. 
Yeah, I'm going to stay away just because it's, it's just an unbettable fight, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to stay away from this. Now, I don't know if this line's accurate, so that's why I don't want to really take it. I think submission is around even money almost, so... Um, yeah. Play both. Maybe you'll win something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, the problem is you just don't know much about Mr. Marat, and uh, I, I don't, you know... I, I'm gonna. How about this? I'm going to go that TKO inside the first round. Um, plus 170. If that's an accurate line, I will make sure I look that up after this, but I do not have time on the spot to look that up. So round one TKO plus 170. That's pretty wild bet, but I I haven't, um, I haven't really bet too much crazy shit this fight, this card. I don't really like this card. So that's why I'm trying to get time, baby out of it. Yeah, exactly. Irina, Alaskiva, Alaskiva. She's fighting Melissa Dixon, who uh, I know you seem you seem like you'd be a big fan of Melissa Dixon, honestly. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you just had no idea what to say to that. Sure. <laughs> but uh, listen, I don't know anything about Miss uh, Dixon. She is a minus one forty favorite to Alaskiva, who I don't know much about either. Um, I believe. Alaskiva has fought in the UFC, the Russian Ronda. She knee-barred your girl, Beat the Stephanie shit out of Egger. Uh, Egger. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and she has a win in Bellator, so there, there's that. Um, I guess I imagine her jiu-jitsu is absolutely nasty if she's calling herself the Russian Ronda, or the, I guess her <laughs> judo throws and whatnot. But uh, Melissa Dixon is also a, you know, high, I guess, um, I, I don't know anything about Melissa Dixon. I, I really don't, so I'm not even going to pretend that I do, and I'm going to stay far away from this fight. How about that? Her uh, her Tapology Foundation style says all around it. I'm not sure what that That's means. It's also cool. all all lowercase, so it's clearly somebody had uh, you know put that in there and edit it real quick. She is what five and zero. Yeah, I mean multiple decisions against you know cans uh, in Ari's FC. At least she was in Ari's FC. She fought a uh, she beat fought and beat a pretty good fighter in. Uh, Daria Zelenzinikova. Uh, that one's, that one's tough to say. Shit. Yeah. Um, a lot of syllables, a lot of letters, a lot of words, a lot of things. Uh, that Zelenzinikova girl is pretty good. I think she was supposed to fight Tanara Lisboa, um, funny enough. Yeah. So, and she, her only loss is to Melissa Dixon. She also has a win over Liana Jojua for whatever the hell that's worth. Um, so she's pretty solid. She's probably going to get signed in the future, I would assume. Um, but Melissa Mullins Dixon, uh, no mess. Her nickname is, I guess that's, you know, kind of boring. Um, yeah, she, her husband's her coach, uh, red flag right there. Um, so yeah, the only time she's fought somebody good was Daria and she got, I mean, she was getting lit the fuck up like a goddamn Christmas tree. Uh, just whenever Daria was coming forward, she was just hitting her. What it, literally whenever she wants it. Melissa Dixon basically is a punching bag is what I'm trying to say. Um, but she does like to take, she does like to take girls down and, and, you know, go for the finish. Um, her three finishes were all, I think all ground and pound. Um, she's a brown belt in jujitsu. She probably has the cardio edge cause she's gone the distance, uh, more times than, than Alex Eva. Um, dude, she literally is a punching bag. It's kind it's crazy. And, uh, <laughs> Alex Eva was was doing pretty well against Stephanie Egger on the feet before she went to the ground. She has that tricky, tricky submission game. I mean, the knee bar kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I think she has an arm bar also in her record. So um, 
She's got power on the feet, very strong, explosive movements. I think that's kind of what maybe can lead her to gassing out. You know, she likes to make a lot of, you know, just, she also had a, a big layoff before the Edgar fight. What's so funny? <laughs> it was just the fact that you said, uh, you know, and she likes to walk forward. I guess basically what I'm trying to say is <laughs> Melissa Dixon is a punching <laughs> She is. She's an absolute, uh, what's the boxing brand? The boxing brand. Is it, um, Everlast? Fuck, I can't. Everlast. She's an Everlast punching bag. And I think she's I, what basically I don't I don't understand how you could line her as a favorite. In That's a fight what where, I was going to ask you. She's never fought in the UFC. She's really never fought in anybody with a pulse besides one chick who was beating her the fuck up. Now, she did end up finishing that chick, but it was a terrible, terrible stoppage. There was one second left in the first round. And I'm sure if the second round started, obviously, it starts on the feet. And this chick was going to keep. Keep punching the bag. <laughs> so that stoppage was garbage. She might have even lost that fight. So the fact that her one good win was a big question mark, that I have no reason to, to, bet her, to take her as a favorite. I'm taking Arena Alex Eva money line. That, uh, again, it could be an ugly three-round affair. I, I could see a sub, but just to stay away from all that, I'm taking Alex Eva money line. Russian Ronda is going to get it done, baby. So I I like that I really want to take like one of those props because the way you're telling you're explaining it to me is that she this girl's gonna get finished but uh, she's never been finished in her regular um, in her professional fight career or in her amateur career so yeah but she has a lot of losses in amateur which is she does sad. lots of yeah lots of losses so you're gonna get that money line at plus one twenty five uh, I'm gonna li- line out a few for you here we got TKO is plus one thousand. For Alex wow. Eva, uh, submission is plus five fifty. Inside the distance is plus three fifty. Um, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take the. Uh, I'm gonna take the inside the distance. Wow, I, think I do Ro- like sub. Yeah, so do I. That and I just don't trust. But again, it. Everlast. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, she could turn into a punching bag and just <laughs> let her, her tee off. Get her, let her get oh, some work. I think in. she's a punching bag. I think she could turn into a pumpkin in this fight. I, you know, I think that's the possibility of what happens in this fight. So, yeah, uh, you know, there you go. There, you, there you go. That's all. That's all <laughs> we need to say. Uh, Chris Gutierrez is kind of buried here on the uh, on the prelims. Yeah, you, know, you said his boys fighting uh, Jonathan Martinez, and like we talked about their similarities. El Guapo getting in there after uh, Pedro Munoz kind of taught him a lesson. Uh, yeah, in April, um, so he's fighting uh, the Mongolian knight. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not the Mongolian murderer. No, no, he's 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 a knight. He's knighted. Okay. Murderers don't get knighted. Well, I guess maybe. Well, I mean, it depends. So he is coming <laughs> off of a win against Chad and Hellinger. <laughs> so. There's that and a win against Kevin. <laughs> we haven't seen Kroon. that guy. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Chad and Hellinger. Uh, I hope we don't have to see him for a while. Um, he just actually the last time he he took a loss, uh, I believe, to the same guy that he's fighting. Um, so Jose Johnson. Yeah. So uh, listen, uh, I this is another one. <laughs> I don't want anything really to do with. I would love to bet Chris Gutierrez inside the distance or maybe a TKO. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't feel. Co- I don't feel good about this tie. So maybe convince me. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I. I think. Um, I think Gutierrez has some good finishing ability. Like, 
I mean, the Frankie Edgar one, that was kind of just, that, that shouldn't have happened. That was almost in 2023. It was at the end of 2022. Like, Frankie Edgar should not have been in that fight. No. Um, that was on the Adesanya Pereira card, the first one. Um, and then the Donna Bakari fight, like, yeah, he got the spin and back fist uh, and then followed up with some nice elbows. But before that, he was not doing well. Like, he might have been losing. It was, it was, you know, very early and close. Also, the Felipe Kolaris fight was very, very close. And then he had the draw with Cody Dirt. I think he has a couple draws, right? Uh, yeah, one back in the day in the early part of his career. He just um, he fights on thin margins. It seems like he like he can be pressured. He can be outboxed. His hands are not are not good. I would say they're not great, but they're not even good. He has obviously the elite leg kicks, and he has some you know technical striking. He's not very sloppy. He's just not very good with his hands. Um, he's good takedown defense, but he can also just like Jonathan Martinez or no, was it Jonathan Martinez? I think it was somebody else. He um, he's not great at getting off his back. I was Barbosa. I was talking about uh, Cody Dirt in six minutes of control. And, um, yeah, I, I just think he can be pressured and um, kind of beaten. But I, I don't know if Al Tang Haley is, is necessarily the guy to do that. He has to get on the inside, it seems like, to really, um, you know, implement his, his game plan. He also has, has a, uh, multiple draws on his record, both of them with multiple draws. Don't really see that much. Um, good, powerful punches, and he mixes in takedowns, but... You know, he can be hurt. He can be KO'd. I think uh, Alatang, Haley, I don't know if it was Gustavo Lopez that hurt him or Casey Kenny. Well, one of them hurt him. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Just, you know, his, his punching accuracy is not good. His strikes landed per minute to his strikes absorbed per minute ratio is uh, really bad. It's almost three to four and a half. So, you know, I'm, I'm picking Chris, Chris Gutierrez to win. I think it might be a decision. Um, but I, I don't know. He has good power. He has good finishing ability. I'm going to stay away because I, I don't really trust either of these guys in this one. Yeah, I'll stay away as well. And then we finally did. Did Edgar Chavez miss weight as well? <laughs> I'm seeing that. I don't know. I, I, I see that on the topology, uh, like uh, the discussion page here that I was just looking at real quick while you're talking. It's, that's, that's a that's a wild page to be on. Yeah, that, there's people talking all sorts of shit, and they're like, you know, my Cameron Simon bets a lock, and people are like, dude, I don't know, and like they're arguing. <laughs> But uh, so I guess it was supposed to be a catch weight, and they both made weight oh, okay. for, the, for one thirty. But then, so they had to make it a catch weight. That's that's hurdle number one. And then there was a medical issue for Lacerda. That's that's hurdle number two. Uh, I would love to see what the issue was because he is just uh, he's running on uh, he's borrowed have a, time. He's gonna have a fucking professional job issue pretty soon when he's in the <laughs> unemployment line looking for a new place to fight. So. Yeah, um, I guess he slipped in the shower, Lacerda, and go. that's why the fight's off. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Ashley Yoder, though, I know you, oh, you're Christ. a big fan of hers. I know you've said this multiple times. I'm just kidding. Uh, Ashley yeah. Yoder's fighting who? That's right, Emily Ducote. I am not even going to act like I'm going to bet this fight, so I'm going to tell you right away to stay away from this. This is probably going to be one of a, a snooze fest. Yeah, uh, when's the last time Ashley Yoder fought? <laughs> I don't know. She, she's been off for a long time. Um, she had a bunch of surgeries. She was on a TV show. Monkey. Yeah, that shouldn't be her name. Um, it should be, she, she lost to Jin Yufrey. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure she got thoroughly outboxed and outstruck in that fight, which is just you know, not good. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, she's um, not very good. What's her record? 8-8? Eight eight? Yeah, so. and Emily Emily Dakota's twelve and eight. So we have a twenty and sixteen combined uh, record in this in this fight. That's good. 
Um, when's the last time Dakota got a finish? It's been a while. It wasn't in the UFC, was it? No, it was in uh, Invicta. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I would Dakota love like to a bet decent... Dakota finished, but I just can't. Yeah, so would I. She's a decent, like, one-dimensional striker boxer. Uh, I think Dakota has some good subs, but she doesn't really go for wrestling or grappling. Good low kicks, good volume. Uh, more often than not, let me see if she's bigger than Yoder. Yeah, she's much smaller. Five inches shorter with a six-and-a-half-inch reach disadvantage. The problem is Ashley Yoder's striking is complete trash. I'm sorry. It's just bad. She can't strike. I mean, getting thoroughly outstruck by Jin Yu Fry is, is you know, uh, it's not good. Uh, she was on a reality TV show. You know, I don't think she um, – I don't think she has what it takes to beat Dakota. The girls that beat Dakota, Loopy and Angela Hill and even Murata back in the day – these chicks, uh, Alima Lay McFarlane back in the day, twice. These chicks like to pressure you and are good at pressuring. Uh, I don't think Ashley Yoder pressures anybody. Uh, she's not physical. She's she's pretty big, but she's not physical. Uh, she just wants to try to you know grapple you and kind of get a throw into an armbar. That's like what she tries to do. And um, I don't think uh, I'm trying to see if it's worked for her. I think it did at one point, right? I think she armbarred somebody. No, she never has. Uh, Amber. <laughs> Amber Brown back in Invicta. Amber the Bully Brown, that bum. Uh, that's the only chick she could um, – who, who actually recently lost to Marek Mann, if you could believe that. Wow. Um, yeah, I just don't think she has what it takes to win a fight at all against me or you. So give me Emily Ducote. Uh Are we really going to do Emily Ducote inside the distance? Like, Is that something we're going to do? No. Well, I mean, no? maybe you all are. Right. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I don't want nothing to do with that. I mean, I, yeah, I kind of just... do, but I don't. Like, I might. That's I'm a private. Stay life. away from that. That is a private life bet where I will not tell anyone about whether it hits or it doesn't. So yeah. Uh, inside yeah, the I'm, distance I'm though is plus three hundred. So that that will be a night starter. Well, you know, and I I just can't afford to lose seven units or eight units or nine. Like I, the last time we did one of these pods, I got smoked. So I have to be a little bit um, diligent here. So. Yeah, sure. Misfits boxing tie. This is the one thing I did oh, want to talk Jesus. about before we got out of here. Uh, Sauce Poppy is fighting this weekend as well. Not no, Salt. Well, it is Salt, but if you've seen him, he's on the fucking sauce, sauce, dude. Oh, my All God. Right. He is jacked. Um, he's a favorite. I don't really care about him. Uh, he is fighting some guy, and <laughs> Dylan Dennis is fighting as well. He's fighting Logan Paul. Don't really care. I mean, the buildup has been great to that, so it's kind of – Dylan Dennis did his job to get me to wa- want to watch it, but who cares, you know? So um, he's a plus four. It's early in the morning, crazy. too. Is it really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like 10 a.m., I think. Oh, God. Um, and then KSI and Tommy Fury. So I did just want to ask you your thoughts on all of this. Uh, Tommy Fury's probably going to smoke KSI. He should, but, I mean, Tommy Fury's not that good either. Do you care about yeah. any of this stuff? We're going to be smoking that Dylan Dennis pack come Saturday afternoon. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, um, yeah um, that's that's going to be a thing. I, there was one card I wanted to show you. Tim Zhu, though. You at least you got Tim Zhu, Brian Mendoza is going to be a great fight. Uh, pretty much a setup fight for Jamel Charlo. I know, again, Jamel Charlo is getting, you know. I mean, the, the absolute jokes and the absolute just vitriol that Jamel Charlo is getting thrown his way is – it's a bit much, I think. I'm all for shitting on guys after they, you know, lay an egg like um, Arena Aldana. But oh my god, you you would have think this guy literally just threw the fight. Um. Okay, Alan Belcher. That's what I was like. Um. 
so I, I'm actually really excited. That's gonna be a show t- on Showtime, ten thirty. There's gonna be nothing else is gonna be going on that Saturday night. That's gonna be a really good fight. I don't think the card's good, but the fight itself is gonna be really good. Tim Zhu is talking shit. He's talking about Jermel Charlo's ducking me. Yeah, I don't know about that one, but um, yeah, that's gonna be a good one. And um, also, November eleventh. What are you doing on November eleventh? I don't know. Is that a Sunday? Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. Uh, but. <laughs> James Tony is getting back in there oh against Donovan Razor Ruddick. If you don't know who Donovan Razor Ruddick is, probably because he hasn't fought in your lifetime. He made his professional debut in 1982. He fought Lennox Lewis. He beat Lennox Lewis as an amateur in 1980. They are getting in there. I think it's B, uh, I think it's Triller. I don't know if it's BKFC. I don't know if it's BKMMA. I don't know what it is, but Triller has decided to make it even gross and more sloppy that we're going to put these literal literal senior citizens in the cage on November 11th. There's like a weed plant on the on the poster. Nice, nice. It's going to it's going to be in Jamaica. I think that's where Donovan Ruddick's from, Razor Ruddick. Um he got KO'd by a young young Mike Tyson. I think that's really what he's what he's known for. Um also Lennox Lewis beat the fucking brakes off him when they were pros. Uh, so yeah, that's happening. I don't understand how they can even do this, but uh, UFC going to Saudi Arabia, another disgusting thing that we're going to talk about. So that's good. Um, Gordon Ryan hinting at John Jones retirement plans. So I think he might've uh, let the cat out of the bag. Unfortunately, also they're training together and that everybody just, already knew that though. Yeah. I th- that's what I thought, but I guess Gordon Ryan's now kind of accidentally confirming it. Bobby green saying some, uh, wild shit, which is not a surprise. He says Islam and Habib hide in mosques. So USADA cannot go in there. Um, that's just a wild thing to just Who say. Said that? Um, uh, Bobby green said that. Uh, about well, Islam I mean, he and smokes Habib. too much weed. You see Rampage, does, that, it's crazy when Rampage is like, yo, you smoke too much weed, dude. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, if one of those, if Mike Tyson comes up to you and says, yo, you should probably stop smoking weed, that's probably like a, you know, a very good sign that you should probably stop. But also, you saw it as gone, so we don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, and so, yeah, this, right before we get out of here, Game Bread Boxing. Game Bread, whatever you want to call I have it. One game for you Bread, as well, uh, that we have to talk about. Oh, man. I can't, <laughs> we have, this is like Christmas. Um, so, November 10th. Oh my god! A day before the Razor Ruddick, this, uh, that fight probably won't happen. A day before that, we have this is no joke. This is probably the the Super Bowl, the uh, WrestleMania of game bred bare knuckle MMA. So not bare knuckle boxing, but it's bare knuckle MMA. Alan Belcher, Roy Nelson in the main event for the uh, the five round fight, which is crazy for the uh, championship, the inaugural championship of game bred promotions. Um, and this whole card is kind of crazy. So I'm gonna, just going to read off some names. In the co-main, or maybe the co-main, I don't know what it is. It should be. Randy Costa, Jason Knight. Wow. All right. We got that going. Curtis Millender, Joel Bauman. Why not? Chase Sherman making his debut, I think, against some guy. Hector Lombard. He said, you know what? No USADA? Fine. Just turn me up. I'm coming back, baby. He's fighting Chris Sorrow. Not sure who that is. Brandon Davis getting in. On some of the action here, uh, somebody's screaming outside of my uh, oh, man. apartment. Tease and peas, dude. I don't know what the fuck is going. Algo Huskich is fighting Joshua Weems okay. for whatever reason. Francisco Trinaldo <laughs> is, is fighting funny. Sasha Palotnikov. Listen, so, Ty, <laughs> there is a fight that we forgot about that is happening tomorrow. Oh wow! 
I'm excited. Pat Militich and Mike Jackson are fighting tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> in oh caged aggression MMA at the River Center in Davenport, Iowa, home of Seth Rollins. This will be a five, a three, three minute or three round five, whatever, dude. Who cares? <laughs> Pat Militich is getting back in there. He's going to, as he quotes, beat the fuck out of Mike Jackson for all that shit he's been talking. And uh, there you go. Pat Militich, you, uh, how old is he, you ask? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. 55 years old, and he's from Iowa. He's going to get to fight Mike Jackson in front of his home people. Uh, Ty, who do you got? Um, who the fuck is screaming? I, uh, I have Pat Militich. I think this is gonna be a pretty solid fight. Basically, I'm gonna break it down for you like this. Uh, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> this is happening. We, we, it appears this is happening. Um, this is a fight. That we, so it's funny we talked about this before as a joke, but it, it's here. It's uh, if you want to know who the, the the main TV announcer is for this card, it is BJ Penn. So um, that's what we got going on. This is basically turned into a CTE convention, but. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I will be there no matter what. Yeah, I will be there no matter. I will try to find a stream of this somewhere. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hotbox. It's good to be back. Uh, we will have another episode after this weekend, and we will have quite a amount of shit to talk about. What, what we just labeled out for you. We we will. There's be, a lot going on. We will be busy come Monday afternoon. So, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Matt McSweeney. I'm Ty Capone, and as always. Me or Matt without each other is like a fish without a bicycle. <laughs>